return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Do Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive. The incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We welcome people that might join us from uh, locally, that might join us from the United States, other countries, African countries, India, and so forth like that. We welcome you. Glad to be a part of the tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. A great place to live. Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. So today I just want to talk about uh, last will and testament. I might talk about this for a little while, uh, not just today. Uh, in my hand here, this is in this packet. It says the last will and testament of Robert Kaufman, uh, who was my dad, the... the uh, law office that put this together and so forth for him. And uh, anyway, in it, in it, it has information about uh, who he is and so forth, information about the four sons that he had and our birth dates and things like that. And then, of course, my, my mom passed away first. But, but then, anyway, it, within this will and so forth, it says that when he dies that all his expenses, all his bills should be paid. And then after he's gone, whatever's left should be passed on to us four boys equally. Now, is, if, you've never, if you don't have a will, they're not expensive, <laughs> but you can go get one. I know it's different maybe in other countries and places. But in the United States, it's not hard to have a will, to get a will, to designate where you want your assets to go. Sometimes people say, I don't have any assets. Well, we've been there. But we did have kids, so then you could also designate who might, if the unlikely event you weren't here, who would raise your children, all right? And that can be uh, uh, important, right? So sometimes, like for us, for, for a period of time, we didn't have any saved family. So we didn't uh, really want them to raise our kids if we weren't here, and we'd still travel in those days. So, so with that then, so he puts in the will... He puts in the will, of course, paying all his stuff. And then he says in here, I, I give, devise, bequeath all my property, real, personal, mixed, whatsoever, and wheresoever situated in equal shares unto our said children. Now, this was, this was uh, I didn't see this, of course, till after he was gone. But, but he had made this in the 70s. And uh, so prior to his death, it's a piece of paper. So it's a piece of paper. So it's just a document that he could change, modify, tear it up, do whatever he wants to do with it. Once he dies, or once he died, it became a legal document. All right? So when a, when a person dies and they have a will, well, if anybody dies, you can't just go do what you want. There are laws, all right? So you have to follow certain laws and certain rules. But when you have a will, then the will will give direction to what you want done with your assets. So will is good. A will is enforced once the person dies, and it gives direction to tell others or to testify, last will and testimony, to testify what they want done with what they have. Okay? Kind of clear? Uh, uh, if you ever have questions on this, just, just let us know. We can help you and steer you in places that you can find tools and so forth so that you can have things that would be good for your family, all right? Now, now we take the scriptures, we take the scriptures, Galatians 1, and it says he delivered us from bondage, all right? So grace and peace come to us. He delivers us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Now, no, this is the will of God. 
The will of God is to deliver us. Amen. All right. The will of God is to to forgive you, but also for you to walk in power and authority that you do not have to be under the oppression of the enemy. All right? So that's the will of God. Now, we go to the Last Supper. So the Last Supper is a wonderful thing that, uh, you know, we celebrate in, you know, most of us grew up in traditional churches. We had communion sometimes every week or whatever. But uh, yet most people don't even understand what they're doing. When Jesus talked about his body was broken for us, his blood was shed for us. And most people don't have the slightest idea that healing is ours, forgiveness is ours, blessing is ours. All because of what Christ had done for us. And so now we come to this place before his crucifixion, before his betrayal, there's, they're going to have this Last Supper, all right? Now, now uh, the significance of the Last Supper is that it was a Passover time. Incidentally, Incidentally, this, this particular Sabbath was a special Sabbath, so it did not happen on a Saturday. All right? It's a special Sabbath. Passover was a special Sabbath, and whenever that day fell, then, then you would have, uh, you'd observe it, and you would have a special Sabbath. All right. So Luke chapter 22, when it talks about the Last Supper, so Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. Now, <clears throat> we've, we've all heard this, we've read it, we've experienced it, we've done it, and so forth. But what Jesus is doing now, he's, he's putting a marker in the timeline of history. Okay, so there is a marker that now we are passing from an old covenant to a new covenant. Okay? And so what Jesus says here, he says, this cup is a New Testament. So now, now through Jesus Christ, he's putting out, in a sense, his will, his will for all humanity, that Christ came to die, to bring forgiveness for all the earth, whoever would accept him. All right? But his blood was out there for everybody. So he's bringing, this is a marker and timeline. All right? This is a New Testament. Now, the Old Testament, all the time, they, they observed rules and so forth. Of course, you can never be righteous by the Old, but they observed all these things. Now, one thing that was very important is to observe the Passover. Why? Remember, remember how the Lord brought you out of Egypt and so forth, all right? Always the thing. Remember, remember. Now, notice here, though. Jesus says here now, there's a break in timeline, and he says, remember me. Folks, we don't have to remember the Passover anymore. Old Testament. But you do need to remember Jesus. There's the break in our timeline of history that Christ has come to save us from our sins. We are in a New Testament. We are in a new time period. But most of Christianity is stuck back here in the old. Still in there and somehow the laws and rules and the whole of Passover saying, Woo, blow, woo, blow the shoulder, woo, woo, woo. Most are stuck back there in the old and not in the new. So Jesus said, you're breaking time. Okay, you don't have to remember the Passover from here on. Now remember me. Remember Jesus. Remember what I have done for you. Folks, it's huge. It's huge. Most of our lives we spent doing all these things, rituals and so forth. And yet, Christians today still doing all this stuff and forget that we're in the New Testament now. Amen. New Testament. Say New Testament. <laughs> because it's new, the old is old. Okay? It's old now. We're not living there. But we are in a new time period, remembering Jesus. Always remembering Jesus and what Christ has done for us. It's a new covenant. It is a new agreement. Old is old. Done. We have a new covenant, a new agreement for us. You, saw, you find so many Christians that want to get caught up on the Jewish things and the Jewish things. You can do whatever you want. You can raise the bells and whistles and show forth all that. But to God, it doesn't mean a hill of beans. What God is concerned with is people's hearts and remembering Jesus. Dance, yeah, dance, shout, shout, yes. But it's to Jesus. There'll be a lot of Christians right now, turn me off. Well, I don't want that. You, then you're missing out. 
You're missing out on what Christ has done for you. You're putting a marker on there and say, well, I'm not going that far. Well, you're in the New Testament. You're just choosing to live in the old then. I'm going to live in the new. We've lived in the new for decades. We're just, hallelujah. Exciting to live for Jesus. And he did it for us through his blood. I just want to say something. That when the testament, like even, even here, when a person passes away, the debts are paid. I've settled at different estates and to help people and so forth like that and with attorneys and stuff. And they publish in the paper, if you have any debts against this estate, you should come and present the bill that they owe. You know, some of them say, well, they didn't pay me for the refrigerator. Then they come and present it. And they say, okay, we're going to pay that, pay the bill for the refrigerator. Going to pay the bill they didn't pay for this, thing, this or that. And it's paid off. And after a certain amount of time, it's like, all right, now it's settled. Christ paid for our sins. Hallelujah. All of our sins. Amen. He paid that we might have life. And life more abundantly. Amen. Folks, we experience that when we remember him. Things might be tough. And, oh, remember Jesus. Wait a minute. He's good. People get in these things, Christian music, you know, tough times, and they're doing this and that. Folks are all in the Old Testament. Got Old Testament singers, you know. Charismatically, we've got Old Testament prophets, prophesying judgment. And so Old Testament prophets are all in the Old. Not doing that today. I'm, folks, I'm glad for the New Testament. I'm glad for the revelation of the Word so we know where to stand. Very, very important. Christ came to save people through his precious blood. The debts have been paid. Now that's done and now we receive this inheritance. Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13 says he's delivered us from the power of darkness. He's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Wow. So... So what happens when we get saved? We, we get born again. We receive Christ as our Savior. Like, boom, you're in another kingdom. You're in the New Testament. You're, in an, you're under another covenant. Before, you're just, you're lost. The sins of the, you know, the sins of the old. You're, you're destined for those sins bad. But when you come to Christ and you realize your forgiveness, thank you, Jesus. Boom, translated. Translated means, it's just like instantaneous, like a nanosecond. Amen. He translates this. Delivers us from the darkness. Hallelujah. Translates us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, a lot of a lot of Christians, you know, they're still under the power of darkness because they don't have revelation. Unless you know what is in the will. You don't know it's yours. Unless you know now this is a will is something printed. Okay, the word of God is printed. But unless you know what's in it, you don't know what's yours. I, I could have come and said, hey, wait a minute. I, I, want, I want more than you got. They say to my brothers, I want more than you got. And they said, no, 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 no. We're going to share equally. Right. It's all ours. Amen. Right? Because why? Because you know what's written. Woo. If you don't, <laughs> well, that's another story. You got you to have stuff written down or fight, families fight. Families fight over estates and over stuff, all kinds of things. And the reason why most people never do a will is because they don't want to think about dying. <laughs> that scares me. I don't want to think about it. Notable, 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 wealthy, multi, multi-millionaires, attorneys, even, even attorneys have died without a will. Because they don't want to think about dying. Joe Robbie, one of the famous guys from Sisseton, owned the Miami Dolphins, was an attorney, got his law degree at USD, was an attorney, and he died without a will. And he had 36 relatives fight over the Miami Dolphins and over this fortune, and they sued, and most of them aren't talking today. And all of it was destroyed. Every bit of it was destroyed. Never had a will. Never had a plan. Never directed his assets. But when you have it, and when we have it, folks, a lot of people just say, well, our church just says this. And our church, folks, I want to go by what the Bible says. If you're going by what you think or what happens nowadays, everything's politically correct. Well, then you have a changing, you always have a changing 
scale. But Jesus doesn't change. He never changes. The Word of God doesn't change. Nothing changes in Christ. But if you don't know the will, if you don't know the Word, if you don't know what's in there, then all of a sudden you're kind of lost and looking in all kinds of directions. So He delivered us, and He put us in this kingdom of His dear Son. I love it. Hebrews chapter 7. So we come to this. He says, Jesus was made a surety of a better covenant. Now, He's a guarantee... Of a better covenant. You can understand why the Lord would be grieved today when most people are doing Old Testament things. He's grieved. It's like, wait, I I brought you a better covenant. I brought you a New Testament. You can't be any clearer than communion, New Testament. Can't be any clearer than that. But you can understand why he would be grieved when people are talking about the old or the old ways and all that. It's like, oh boy, I wish they'd read the will. I wish they'd read the will. You know, you can have, you can have uh, uh, routines or what do I want to say, uh, traditions. You can have traditions. That's okay as long as the traditions are biblical. But if you're just doing something for the sake of tradition, well, good for mom and dad, must be good for me, and this is what we do. And Oh, you want to, you want to follow the will. When we got saved, Jeannie and I got saved. She was a Catholic, I was a Lutheran. All of a sudden, we just started reading our Bibles. Hallelujah. Started reading our Bibles, and by, just by reading our Bibles, the Holy Spirit being a teacher, guide, guide, look at this, look at this, look at this, set us free. We began traveling the world, and we were hardly two years old in the Lord. <laughs> Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good news. So Jesus has become a surety, a guarantee. He becomes a guarantee of a better covenant, a better testament. We have an Old Testament. Now we have a New Testament, all right? 1 Timothy 1, it says we have a mediator. There is a mediator. Say mediator. 1 Timothy 1, again, let's go back there a second. There's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So I have a mediator now that stands... Between us and God. This is New Testament now. It's a wonderful thing. Let me just say now again. People might say, hey, Mary can pray for you. This relative can pray for you. That person can pray for you. And I'm thinking, why don't we just have Jesus pray for us? Folks, not to be offensive, but you have to go by the Bible. It never says that anybody else other than Jesus Christ is our mediator. Never. Nobody else. Nobody else is a mediator. Nobody else prays for you in heaven but Jesus Christ. If that would challenge you, then you think, well, let me go to the Bible and look. Yes, please do. Go to the Bible. Look at the Bible. Research the Bible to what the Bible says. Because unless I know what's in the will, I don't know what's mine. Unless I know what's in the will, I don't know how to do things. But when you know what's in the will, then it's like, oh no, that's in the will. It's rock solid. You just know it. It's yours. You got it. Now this is kind of short and brief. But the word of God, I guarantee you, when you're in it, the Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you into all truth. So Hebrews 8 then that says that Jesus then obtained a more excellent ministry because he died, his pure spotless lamb, insomuch as he also is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Now, I love the word of God. It's like we're children of Abraham, but we don't get any of the judgment. We just get all the good promises. It's kind of quiet in here, but I'll just tell you those watching also, you can say amen. We're better covenant on better promises. Jesus is the mediator. So, so let me just say this. What do you suppose he's talking about? He's talking then about the new covenant. If the Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to us, he's going to be speaking about something good in that way. See, Christians sometimes will say, well, the Lord spoke to me and God's going to do this and this. And I'm thinking, he didn't speak to you at all. And some people can say, wow, that's, boy, that'd be, I don't know, that's a big name minister just said that. 
Folks, it doesn't matter who the person is. If you, if you don't know the scripture, you're going to say things that are inaccurate. In a day and time where we do need some accuracy in the body of Christ, it be really important that someone reads the New Testament and understands the New Covenant. We've got a lot of people out there in the name of charismatic stuff that are not good representatives. I'm around people all the time, folks, that business people, different people, they're looking at Christians. They look at me, but they hear all kinds of stuff. Sometimes people say, do you believe that? Nope. Don't believe it. <laughs> As someone, they were here, someone was hearing some wacky things one time, said, do you believe that? And I said, nope. And they said, oh, that makes me feel good. I wouldn't think you'd believe that, you know, that way. God is good. Listen, folks, he's good to everybody. Think of the worst person in the world. He's good to that person. People have been tried now because of things that have happened with ISIS. People have been tried with hideous crimes. Jesus loves them. Jesus loves people. You should thank God he does. He loved you. <laughs> All right. See, sometimes we think, well, I wasn't that bad. Sin is sin. Sorry. If you're guilty of one little thing of the law, you're guilty of all of it. So it's all sin. People like to gloss over some stuff. So Jesus is the mediator, the negotiator of a brand new testament for us. He's the agent. He's the catalyst. He's the one who makes it happen. It's a better agreement on better promises that have not changed since. All right, Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 says that Christ is therefore the negotiator, mediator of an entirely new agreement. Say entirely new. Let's not drag the old. No, no, then that's part of the thing. People say, but the old and the tradition, they're dragging it into the new. And it's like, Jesus be like, what are you doing that for? We, we got away with that. We're done with that. It's an entirely new agreement. Agreement. It's an entirely new testament. I mean, we could we could sit up here and we can blow smoke and we could throw water and we could do all kinds of things and woo, blow a shofar and all this whoa, whoa, spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. But it's nothing. It's smoke and smoke and screens. <laughs> it's really quiet in here. And this Jeannie and you and I are talking. We're living in revival. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. This sets people free. Why? Because people challenges people to think, well, what am I believing and why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I going through? <laughs> Hallelujah! Woo! We're doing something today. Calisthenics, spiritual calisthenics. Why am I doing this? There is a reason why you lift your hands. There is a reason why we can clap under the Lord. There is a reason why we sing in the Spirit, because it's biblical in the covenant. There is a reason we speak in tongues. Yes, it's biblical. But see, sometimes we get caught up. Some of that's just works. Well, if I do this, well, that'll honor him. Some of that'll get his attention. No, faith gets his attention. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is the, is the attention thing. Not all the other stuff. I've seen all the other stuff. We've been in all the other stuff. We've gone to meetings. All the other stuff happens. Like, okay, are we going to get down to something real now? Or are we just going to live this fake life? We're in the New Testament. Read the, These are just good things. Read it. And he's a negotiator, mediator of an entirely new agreement, testament, covenant, so that those who are called and offered it may receive the fulfillment of the promise everlasting inheritance. We have an inheritance. Biblical inheritance. So you can know where you're going after this life. You should know that. Having peace with God through Jesus Christ. But the inheritance that it, even in this life, you can live an abundant life. Hallelujah. Delivered from the power of darkness. Thank you, Jesus. So we receive the fulfillment of the promise of everlasting earth. Since a death has taken place which rescues and delivers and redeems them from the transgressions committed under the old first agreement, the old covenant. A death has taken place 
to redeem us from the old covenant. I'll go back to that just a second. 915 a second. Yes. A death has taken place. Now, significance. Yeah, rescues, delivers, redeems. Delivered from this present evil world. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Folks, I, I'm so glad that we can expect every day to have a good day. We can expect every day for blessings. We can expect every day. Woo! Something good's happening. People a lot of times say, well, we need, we need all these people to pray and so forth. And I just remind them, uh, there's a key person praying. They said, who's that? I said, Jesus. Amen. And you know, I see people sometimes, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Sure, he's at the right hand of the Father. Interceding. Okay, yeah, fine. I'm thinking, all right, live in unbelief. You can have 50,000 people pray for you, or you can acknowledge Jesus is praying for me. Hallelujah. And that's pretty good. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is interceding for me at the throne of God. Thank you, Jesus. Doesn't matter how many people on this earth is praying for you. Good to have prayer people standing with you, upholding your arms in faith. I understand that. But to know that Jesus is praying for you. Wow. Okay, so we go to the next verses then. Verse uh, uh, 16 there. It says, For there is a last will and testament involved. The death of the one who made it must be established. So that there is a last will, just as my dad on this earth made A last will and testament. So in the word of God, there is a last will and testament made. And it is established then by the death of the one who made it. So the one who made the will comes into force when that person dies. We understand that? The one who made the will. Jeannie and I have wills. Right now there's sheets of paper. All right. Sheets of paper that designate things and so forth regarding what we have. When we die, they become legal documents at that point. So once we are gone, legal document. Now it says for a will and testament is valid and takes effect only at death. Since it has no force or legal power, as long as the one who made it is alive. So the important thing is to see that the testator, King James says, I think the testator, the death of the one who made it is the testator. So the testament, there's a testator, the witness to say, this is what I want to do. It comes in force when the person dies. When Christ died on the cross for your sins, the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. I like it wasn't at the bottom to the top. Someone said, well, those guys just pulled it and it just tore that way. No, it went from the top to the bottom and the Holy of Holies was opened for us. Hallelujah, for us. That's why Hebrews says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly that we might find grace to help in time of need. You don't, you don't, you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't do something for it. You just receive it because of what Christ has done. So he made, Jesus made a last will and testament. And his ministry that we have recorded in the Gospels, and then of course through the book of Acts and all the things like that, details that will and testament, what he wants done. Of course, he wants the world reached, right? And he's empowered us to do that. That is his will. He loves the world. Therefore, he wants us to reach the world. And he wants to equip you so that you feel good physically. Why should we be in good health? So we feel good so we can do something. My good health isn't so. Let me see here. That's a par three. My good health isn't for that. My good health isn't. Oh, we got a lot of extra money. Let's just let's get vacation and do this and that. No, it isn't for that. My good health is so I can be a servant. Having a sound mind is so that I can communicate the gospel. So we can do something. That is his will. So the reason that he wants us to be blessed, the reason that he wants us to have a good life, so that we can carry out the will. His will is that none would perish, that all would be saved. None lost. Now, people are going to be lost. Well, of course, that's brought us away, leads to destruction. But that's not his will. 
Hey, don't ever get caught up in that little thing, you know, but the Lord allowed that. No, no, no. Dump that from your vocabulary. When you know the Word of God, when you know the Word of God, you know what He wants and He doesn't want. That was a hard season, but, but the Lord allowed it, you know. And, uh, yeah. Not true. Don't get caught up in those things. He wants good things for you and I. He's got good things aimed at you. He's got good things planned for you. His desires are for you to do well. His desire is for you to bring fruit that would glorify the Father. That is his desire. So he gives us a will. He gives us a testament. It's brand new. And it's this that we are following today, not the old. And so we remember Jesus today because we're constantly reminded for the blood, I'm in the new. I'm in the new. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in the new. Testament is legally enforced when someone dies. When Christ died on the cross for our sins, boom, veil is instantly torn. Something happened. He's raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, sent back the Holy Spirit. Amen. For us, for us, to live the life. Now, John 16. Notice how Jesus will express things that will indicate his will. He says, I tell you, it's advantageous that I go away. It's important that I leave, guys. He's, he told them before, it's really clear, it's important that I die. Of course, the disciples didn't want to hear that. They didn't understand it. None of us would have. But, but he was trying to make it clear to them before it happened what was going to happen. That it's advantageous for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come. Not going to happen. Not going to have a New Testament. So I need to go, but if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus is kind of given a guideline here. Hey, I'm going to leave here. We're establishing a new covenant, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to help you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's like an advocate, right? He's a helper. He'd be like this. If I sat down, I think I could bring this into the law office, and I'd say, I, I, read it to me. I don't understand it. And the attorney would say, okay, Dave, I'll read the whole thing to you. Line by line. There's real short, just, just two pages here. I'm going to read it all to you. And here it is. The debts are paid, and what's left goes to you and your brothers equally. You get, you get it all. I don't know if you remember when my dad died. We had, a, we had a service here and so forth. We celebrated. When my dad died, I got $52. We all got $52, all four of us. So, and we took those $52, so I got nice... Fifty-two one-dollar bills, and on that Sunday we sewed them into kids' lives. Just gave every kid a one-dollar. That Sunday it seemed like we had a lot of kids because I think I had to get more one-dollar bills, and and we gave away the money because I, I remember leaving Iowa and thinking there was nothing by the time he passed away, and the Lord of course reminded me of my inheritance. Thank you, Lord. And then what I did have, He said, "Give it away. Don't keep it." But an advocate is somebody who's for you. Jesus is your advocate. People say, well, I, don't, I don't know that I don't understand. He'll help you if you sit down with him. If you're too busy to sit down with him, it's like, all right, you can squander and wallow around and live a defeated life and say things that aren't biblical, sing things that aren't biblical. It's up to you. I can always tell how long someone's spent in the presence of the Lord by what comes out of their mouth. Because based on a lot of people, I understand, they don't have any time for God. They're traveling, they're doing things and so forth. Oh, the, their little worship things and so forth. But not a lot of time with Jesus. There's no substitute. I've walked the Lord a lot of years. Been in full-time ministry 43 years now. No substitute for time with Jesus. No substitute. I get up, grab my coffee, sit down to listen to the author who wrote the book. The one who wrote it will sit with you and tell you about it. He will explain it to you. He will show you things. He will guide you. John 16, verse 13 says this. The spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Isn't that amazing? He'll guide you. It's like God is just saying, I'm not going to leave anything out of this. It's a big will, a lot to read here, but I just want you to know it's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours to receive. 
Up to you, though, if you want to claim it. It's up to you. But he will guide you into all truth. He'll, the Spirit's not going to speak of his own, of his own, his own authority. Whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit's going to come, doing the work of an advocate, and he's going to guide you into all the things that you should know, even things that you didn't know, like, oh, boy, I didn't know that, little bonuses all the time. A lot of times I'm seeking the Lord and so forth. In the meantime, oh, there's a nugget. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Wasn't planning on it. So John, 14, John, the next verse, verse 14. He'll glorify me. Now, notice what it says. He'll take of mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit takes what's there and says, okay, now this is yours. He's going to take what's Jesus. Remember, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all working together. Takes what's his. I'm going to declare it to you. This is this is it. This is this is the declaration. This is the will. This is this is for you, Dave. Ha! Ah, thank you. I'm going to take what is mine. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He will take of mine and declare it to you. Notice all things. Jesus is saying, "I've got everything the Father's had," and then He turns around and says, "I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give it all to you." Because that is my will. He has died. He's risen from the grave. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He makes intercession for us. He's given us a brand new testament. He says, remember me. He says, I'm going to give it every single bit to you. People say, well, that's, that's to Americans. No. It's to Africans. It's to Indians. It's to people from many Europeans. It's from many continents. Brazilians. Latin America. See, Anybody. It's to anybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's for you. It's not, it's not complicated. This is not complicated. The thing, about, the thing about theology and so forth, it makes them, well, no, Pastor Dave, you just got to be careful here about what that says. And no, I'm real careful to read it. And I don't want it, I don't want it deep. The Paul, said, Paul said to the Corinthian church that I'm concerned that you be corrupted from the simplicity of, that is in Christ. Wills are not meant to be complicated. They are meant to spell things out. So it's not complicated. Amen. See, people want to fight. I want to fight. I guess you can't. It's in the will. You can't do that. Well, it was in the will. I'll tell you what. You take it to a judge. He's going to back this up. Yeah, yeah but I'm important and so forth. I don't care who you are. You're, you're going by the will. But I have a lot of money. It doesn't matter who you are. We're going by the will. So that's the thing. That's the thing about going, doing it God's way. People belong to all kinds of churches and denominations. Over that, the issue is belonging to Jesus. Belong to Jesus. Belong to the Bible. Belong to what the Word of God says. You can go to any church, right? The church isn't going to save you. Only Jesus saved us. Only Jesus provides the way into heaven. Only Jesus. I like the Bible says the cast, they cast their crowns. What does that mean? People got all kinds of things like, well, we did this, you know, for the Lord. And we did this for the Lord. You get to heaven, it's all thrown in the fire. Right? All the crowns go in. Doesn't matter how good you thought you did, all the works you did, whatever. Might have reached 10,000 people. The Billy Grahams cast it all in there. Cast your crown Cast your crown. What matters is that relationship with Jesus, following him. Amen? So, so it says then that he's going to receive, he's going to take what's the Father's, all the Father has mine, and I'm going to take, a, he'll take a mine and declare it to you. I'm going to make it clear to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to pass it on to you. It's all things. Say all things. Notice the thing here. All things. Again, people say, you know, it's such a mystery to serve the Lord. It's such a mystery. It's like, yeah, I don't understand a lot, but I want to keep learning. God's not trying to keep people in the dark like, you're not going to know. I just don't want you to know. You just be hidden now. Don't, don't, you don't need to know all that. No, no. I want, to, I want to grow. I want to walk in the Spirit. All things fathers have, I'm going to give it to you. Hallelujah. He shows it to us. He declares it. He discloses. He transmits it. He's like an attorney. He's like an attorney. He says, okay, now this is the will. This is what's yours. 
I can live an abundant life. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's good. I don't deserve it, but thank you, Lord. All the promises of God are yes and amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. That's amazing. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Old Testament, you come boldly, you're going to be dead. No one could come through that veil. New Testament, he broke it down. Now we can just come. Thank you, Lord. Everybody can. In Christ, we can do that. Amen? So, let me, let me just close a verse here. Let's, uh, let's go to John 17 a second, quickly. John 17, verse 15. Jesus said, Don't, I pray you should not take him out of the world. You should keep him from the evil one. That's a good. Why does he not want to take you out of the world? Because he wants, his will is to reach the world. So, so again, sometimes people say, well, he wanted him in heaven. That's wrong. Always wrong. No, he, he wants people to live. He wants people to, to be alive, to be a witness for him to reach the world. That's why he doesn't want to take us out of the world. Amen. Verse 18, then he says this. He says, I'm going to send them into the world. All right. You sent me into the world. I'm going to send them into the world. So we get saved, we come into Christ. You don't have to have a Bible degree. You just have to love Jesus and he'll, he'll teach you on the run. Hallelujah. Teach you on the run. Teach, teach you as you go. Amen. I didn't have, I didn't, I know a thimble full of what I knew, know now, but when I went to the Philippine Islands and Hong Kong in 1975, we ended, up, we ended up singing and we sang that song, Have I Not Commanded You, before the government leaders of the nation. Amen. Vice President of the nation sitting in his house. Sharing about Jesus Christ. Amazing. Muhammad Ali was there. The thriller in Manila, 1975. You know, we were on Philippine television. We were declaring Jesus everywhere we went. It's amazing. Government people got saved. We did their funerals. And people think, who are you? I I thought at the time, who am I? I didn't know anything hardly. I just love Jesus. Just digging in the word every day. Every day, give us something. It was good. It was powerful. Pretty, I look back on it and I think, wow, what the Lord did. What God will do with anybody who's willing and obedient. He's not a respecter of persons. He'll take us and he'll mold us for his glory. And he'll use us if, we just, if we're just willing to walk through the doors. Amen? Just be willing to walk through the doors and he'll open doors for you. Amen? Even, even folks, when, when our daughter was sick for many years and we knew God's will for healing, kept praying and believing, thank God we didn't give up. But we'd be, we'd be like uh, at the SDSU dance for dystrophy. You know, you could be moaned, oh, everything's bad and things are tough and we face bankruptcy and our daughter's almost dead. This is that. Life is hard. What are you doing? People say, what are you doing, Lord? I always think, why are you saying that to the Lord? What's he doing? It's his will. His will isn't those things. If you know his will, then you're not into that scene. We weren't on a pity party. We weren't victims. In spite of everything, we were still victors. So our daughter was a state poster child for muscular dystrophy. So we find ourselves as the dance for dystrophy in Frost Arena. And yet hundreds and hundreds of people. And so invariably, of course, we're there because she's the state poster child. And we get the microphone to speak to everybody. And so we, we get the microphone to say, thank them. They were raising money for research and so forth. Thank you for doing what you're doing. But then we say, we want you to know how when we were in college, we found Jesus Christ. And Jesus changed our life. And Jesus got a plan for you. All these kids are just, they're sitting down. They're taking a break from their dancing, you know. They're just sitting down. Silence. Frost arena. Silence. Hundreds of people. People up on the balcony. Listen, we're just telling them how good God is and that he loves them, cares for them. Amazing. So we walk out of Frost Arena. We walk into the lobby, and here's a girl. <laughs> we stop and say, what's wrong with you? You're, taking, you're speaking to my heart. Amen. She gets saved. Amen. Other people get saved. Amen. She's weeping. Now, good news. God cares for you. God loves you. God's on your side. You don't have to be a victim. Say, I'm not going to be a victim. No, no, I'm not going to be a victim of this life. I've been delivered from darkness. I'm going to walk in victory. We, we always said that. Why live on Grumble Alley when you can live on Victory Lane? So the other day I had my grandson. We were driving through their old neighborhood. And I said, oh, let's go. We'll go with Papa. He says, yeah, let's walk, drive through that neighborhood. And so here was, they bought this house before it was ever 
platted as far as the street's names. It was just bare ground field. And, and so here, one of the streets was, where my daughter lived, was Victory Lane. And we thought, oh, hallelujah. Why live on Grumble Alley when you can live on Victory Lane? What is that? That's a choice, right? It's a choice. It's a choice how you view life. It's a choice about everything you do. I have brothers who are very wealthy and so forth like that. Now, to them and my dad's will, the reason I have it is because to them it was despicable. Didn't leave any money. Or, you know, they had money, and so he didn't leave us anything. I say, thank you, Jesus. He got saved. Hallelujah. I told them that. He gave his life to Jesus, had peace with God. We said our goodbyes before he died. Knew where he was going to heaven. They're, they're, like, they're still like a, a, a victim out here. You got all the money in the world. What are, you at? what are you complaining about? The world is that way, by the way. You give some money, they're still not happy. You give some money, they're still not happy. Jesus is the one that makes us whole. If you remember Jesus and you remember this new covenant, it's like, thank you, Lord God. I'm going to miss hell and make heaven. <laughs> I got a home in heaven. I got, I got eternity planned for me. And I'm living out my life for him right now. For his glory. People say, well, why would you want to still go overseas? Because it's his will to reach the world. Why would you want to go to preach the gospel there? Because it's his will. <laughs> You're going to miss a family event. That's okay. We'll catch up or we'll do it ahead of time or afterwards. It's his will. I don't want to be caught up in this life. I want to be caught up in Jesus. I'm thankful for the new covenant. Amen. Quickly. Verse 22 says this. He says, the glory which you gave me, I've given to them. This was Perry's verse. Perry Van Hoopen shouted this years ago. Amen. We have his glory. Notice what Jesus, the glory that Jesus has. I, Jesus says, I gave to you. The glory. Right the presence. The presence. The presence. People think, oh, the glory, the glory. You can have that every day. Amen. You can have that vacuuming in your house. Amen. You can be singing the praises of God, doing anything what you're doing. It's the glory. He gave us glory. His presence. It's yours. Amen. So we close with this. The scripture in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Now this is just important. That it just says this. He's made us able ministers of the New Testament. Now I've, I've shared this as a pastor conference. I shared this as pastors. You know what it's like? It's like this. A deer, a deer in the headlight. Like, huh? Went over the head. Say it again. Huh? Over their head. These are ministers. These are some of the people prophesying this and that. No, 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 no. New Testament. It's not, comp turn to your neighbor and say, not complicated. This is not complicated. We are in a New Testament. And he made us ministers of the new, not the old. So people start, they start digging up old things, old prophecies. Mm, hit the buzzer. Mm, no. You don't have to listen to it. But they said, thus saith the Lord. Mm. You don't have to listen to it. I'm not spooked by religiosity or the Lord told me. I'll see what the Lord told you. I'll see if it lines up with the Bible. I'm not a fool. Don't check your brain at the door. Don't go to a meeting, the big minister, and believe everything they had without spitting out some bones. Amen? He made us able ministers of the New Testament because it's the Spirit that gives life. Oh, man, thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> New Testament. Ministers of the New Testament. I tell you what, this just gets better and better. <laughs> you just think about it. I mean, I've, I've believed this, preached this, done this for years. I just, you just get blessed thinking about it. Wow. Amen. We are so blessed. Amen. He, did he did it. He did it all for us. He gave us, he gave us the world. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. It's ours, it's mine, it's yours. You know, that's the neat thing. It's not like, well, I'm going to bless them a little more than you. You understand that, Dave. I just, I'm going to bless them a little more. Nope. Everybody. Anybody. This is available to believers in Jesus Christ. You come into his family, this is available to believers. Not the world. No, they can't claim it. It's for believers in Jesus Christ. Everybody, no favoritism, 
No discrimination. Everybody. Turn to your neighbor. It's yours. It's yours. You have, now, the reason we emphasize Bible reading for decades, because it's His will. Amen? Read it. Read it. Be in it. New Testament especially. And go for it. Let's lift our hands a second. Father, thank you for your word that's printed by the Holy Ghost, inspired word of God, that we have today while wow, we're blessed. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for speaking to your people here, speaking to people online, speaking to people everywhere, Lord. We thank you. We are New Testament Christians. We thank you for a new covenant. We, we remember you, Jesus, and what you did for us, delivering us. Hallelujah. From this present evil world, translating us, Lord, into the kingdom. Into your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for inheritance. Thank you for the last will and testament that you brought to us. There will be no more testaments. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for us today. We receive it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Bless your neighbor. Encourage them. Hallelujah. Be blessed today, tonight, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.